It's been five weeks since they've been up here. All together, it's like, wow, wow. And after saying that, I just want to say how grateful I am to the team that God has brought together and assembled here at Valley Church. And didn't they do an incredible job? Oh, it's like... Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, everybody. So good to, to come back and to be here last Sunday and to, to get to be the recipient, to get all of the hugs and all of that. We're so glad you're back. It's just like we love it. We love it. We love it. We love every one of you. Thank you for being here. We, we just so appreciate uh, what we have here at Valley Church, and that is you. Um. Matthew, you really set me up here. You know, I haven't told a joke or read a joke for a few years. And the morning that I'm going to read a joke, you set me up. It's like, this guy, this guy. It's like, so I, I was kind of feeling a little, little Bill Johnson-ish this morning. I thought, I'm just going to read, I'm going to read a joke. We, were, uh, we had lunch in Weezer yesterday with, with uh, Christy and Ryan, Pastor Christy and Ryan, and... Uh, we were at a, at a restaurant, and they had this senior gold mine from Weezer, Idaho. So I started looking through it. This is great. There's a bunch of jokes in there. But the one that I have for you is called Joke of the Month. A man checked into a hotel on an out-of-town trip. He was there a day early with his wife expected a day later. There was a computer in his room, so he decided to send an email to his wife. Unfortunately, he mistyped the email address and accidentally sent the email to a widow who had just returned from her husband's funeral. The widow decided to check her email, expecting condolence messages from relatives and friends, but after reading the first message, she fainted. Her son rushed into the room to see what was going on, and he saw the computer screen, which read, To my loving wife, I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have really good Wi-Fi here, and we're allowed to send emails to loved ones. I just checked in. This place... <laughs> I've just checked in. This place is surprisingly nice, in spite of what I've always heard. <laughs> but still, I'm really lonely. I've made the necessary arrangements for your arrival tomorrow, and I can't <laughs> wait to see you, darling. <laughs> Couldn't resist when I read that one. It's like... <laughs> Invitation. I uh, I want to, like Renee said, just kind of share from my heart a little bit. It's really, really good to be back. And while we were in Mexico, we we had a wonderful time. Just uh, my intention was to stay one full month, leave here on the 31st, and come back on the 1st. And we came back on the 25th, so we were four days early. 
But, oh, what a blessing it was to be here for last week's message for Jordan and for the move of God that we got to experience. Like, so powerful, so good. I knew we were supposed to be back. I knew she was right, even though I hated to admit it. But it's like, what a blessing, what a blessing. But uh, I was thinking all week, uh, all week long, it's just like, you know, we're supposed to end up having a healing service. We're supposed to have a healing service. We got to see amazing, incredible miracles while we were in Mexico. Lots of healings that went on there. We, 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 uh, we were able to minister in, in two separate churches. And uh, Dina went back to the first church that we went to again and, and even ministered after we left. So God was still at work even in our absence was uh, incredible, amazing things. And we want to share a little bit, of, a little bit about that. But um, we, yeah, 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 it was amazing. We just, we got to see healings. But you see, when, when you go to a country or a place that they don't rely so heavily on our medical system and on our finances and on our insurance plan, there are people that are really hungry and really needy. So they have a lot more faith, not because they've been taught so much faith, but just because out of need, yeah. you know, out of need, how, how need actually will increase our faith if it pretty much is the only option that we have left. So I, and we saw a lot of that. And God was faithful to a lot of them through the ministry that we were able to take there. Everybody just say, thank you, Jesus. We've said it many, many times. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done and what we got to be a part of. You know, what a blessing that is. Um, I was thinking about what it takes in our lives to be, Pastor Rich is always talking about lining ourselves up under the spout where the glory comes out. How many of you have heard him say that, that, that term? Get under the spout where the glory comes out. And what it is and what it means to put ourselves in alignment with the spout where the glory comes out. Um, I think the first thing that I would like to do together is, Karen, if we could get Lord's Prayer up there. I know I didn't give that to you, and I have so many different scriptures that I will bounce back and forth from and possibly use or possibly quote, but let's just stand together and read this. I, I think this is, I will be referring back to this most likely. Are you ready? Let's just read it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And amen. Now you can be seated. Uh, definitely we'll be 
referring back to that, I believe that that's something that is so significant for us being and bringing ourselves into alignment with that spout. But I just wanted to tell you a little story first. Myself, my Aunt Betty, and my wife, Renee, we, we went to Homedale, Idaho. Tim, you, I, I know you, yeah, it's like Hawaii Bowling Lanes. Best restaurant in Homedale. You know, no, it was on a Tuesday. It was on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, they had a different special. We won't even go into that. But, but as we were there, um, a young lady came to take our order, to wait on us after we were there. And she was just a, a, a charming young woman that had such a great attitude. The first thing, she came up to our table. And, you know, how many of you have been to Homedale? Oh, there's a lot of people here who have been to Homedale. How many of you have been to the Hawaii Bowling Lanes restaurant? Well, that's narrowed it down a little bit. There's about eight, ten people so that, that have been. Well, how many people know that once you cross the river, for the most part, they dress a little bit differently than we do on this side of the river? And they act a little bit differently. It's kind of amazing what that Snake River has done to the cultures on different sides of the river. You know, it's like, I love it on both sides of that river, floating down that river. Anyway, so the, the young lady came up to us, and she looked at us and said, wow, you guys are dressed so nice. What's the occasion? To which I quickly replied, we came to Homedale for dinner. <laughs> she said, and you dressed up for that? I said, well, sure, sure. And the next thing, she's asking, what, what, what would you guys like to drink? And to which, again, Matthew's talking about that kind of smart aleck side that I sometimes have. And I said, well, it probably won't be Homedale water. <laughs> and she took care of us, but... You know, she was amazing. She was so fun, so full of life, and so encouraging. The words that she spoke at our table, it's just like we were blessed by the young lady that actually waited on us, took our order, and served us. So when we were finished, <laughs> no, I don't have my wallet. I took, we came back from Mexico, and I wasn't able to get rid of all my money. So I brought back some pesos, and so I folded up put in the bill that she gave us, a 200 peso bill. Handed, handed that to her, and I said, you can just keep the change, and she looked at it, and it's like... <laughs> it's like, are you, are, are you serious? It's like, are you kidding? I say, yeah, no, that's... She's, oh, so she, she peeled it out, I gave her then, I, Renee, I need some, some American money. I gave her a $100 bill, and in giving her that $100 bill, I thought, you know, this young lady had such an incredible attitude, and, and she was just uplifting to be around, and things are not real expensive in Homedale, so the bill came to about $40. So she ended up getting a $60 tip. I said, you know, keep the change. And she's like, really? Well, thank you, thank you. Big shock and a big surprise to her. But, you know, I think the point that I'm getting around to is we have... And I'm going to go to, to some scriptures here really soon. You see, we have a heavenly father 
that just longs and loves to give us amazing gifts. More than we would deserve, more than we would hope for even. He just longs to give us gifts. But, and his desire to save us, his desire is that none would perish, but all would end up stepping into and having everlasting life. You know, that's his biggest desire and his biggest goal for us. And that is a free gift through faith in Jesus Christ because of his grace. Salvation, the gift of salvation. But see, Jesus came that we would have life and have life to the abundance. And, and he has expressed, it's like, you know what? That's a gift. All we have to do is believe and trust and believe, and then we can receive that salvation. Everybody with me still? Yeah. But for us to walk in the abundance that he actually has for us and what he wants to shower us with and how he wants to bless us, we have to come into alignment with some things and some expectations that he has for us. It's like, if you, then I... Everybody say, if you, then I. There are some things, that expectations that he has for us. And one of those is, to those, Jesus says, those that love me and keep my commands are the ones that I would call friends. Right? You've heard me preach that. I've read the scripture to you. And he also says in John 14, 20 and 21 that... Those who love me are the ones who keep my commandments, and I will love them. The Father will love them. I will be in you. You will be in me as I am in the Father. It's like, okay, if we want to come into that place and into that position, there are some things that we need to do that becomes our responsibility. Agree completely. Awesome. And that is to love him and to let him know how much we love him. Is that not correct? You know, it's, I was sharing a little bit with my wife this morning even. It's like we've been married 32 years. And it was not that long ago, not, not that long ago at all, that she says, you love me. It's like, are we doing this again? How long have we been married? 32 years, coming up on 33 in September. It's just like... But she said, then why don't you tell me more? It's like, well... So then she makes it even more complicated. It's like, okay, tell me what it is about me that you love. You know, you know what I love about you. What? <laughs> My dear, I love how you love me. <laughs> I love how you love people. I love that you're an incredible example of the love of God to all of those around you. Everybody thinks of you as just, you know, ooey gooey love running everywhere. And that's pretty accurate. Unless you're me. 
And she calls me out all the time. She's like, okay, we have a relationship with the Heavenly Father that wants to be our, to be the bridegroom, right? The, the, the groom. And in that relationship, it's a daddy, though, to us, too. It's, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a papa-dad relationship where he wants us to come sit on his knee, tell him how much we love and appreciate him. He wants to hear it just like she wants to hear it. It's like, well, you know I love you. Of course you know I love you. I'm in church every, well, at least three Sundays a month. Sometimes twice. There are sometimes that I miss, but you know I love you. It's like, okay, those that love me will follow, will keep my commands. And those commands are love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Can we do that? Can we do that? Do we do that every day? It's like, how do we do that? But most importantly, what I want to talk about this morning is expressing to him just how much we love him, breaking it down on a daily basis, letting him know. Just like my wife and I, it works out really best for us if we'll hug three or four times or maybe half a dozen times during the day. Just stop. And I'm sometimes the one that initiates that. She's oftentimes the one that initiates that. It's like, er, er. And just stops, and we will just, you know, stand and hug. And, and sometimes, you know, I start to squirm just a little bit because she's going to ask me how much I love her again and say, you know, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and after 32 years, I'm probably not really getting any better. But I'm still working on it. Still working, working on it. But in that relationship with... And I shouldn't have to think. It just takes me, sometimes it catches me off guard. But thanking her for the things that she, that she does, what she means to me is exactly what we need to be doing with our Heavenly Father. It's like on a daily basis. If I were to uh, jump to the, jump back to, the, give us this day our daily bread. It's like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I just jumped around and got kind of a bit of a revelation, did a little Bible study of my own early, early this morning, and, and uh, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And it says, you, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I believe that is, give us this day our daily bread, that as we worship him, as we tell him how much we love him, as we step into his presence, sit on his lap or however we see that, having that encounter with him, that we receive that daily bread, which is a word from the mouth of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as I receive those instructions, then I will know what to do and what your expectations are of me, for me, and from me for this day. Day by day. It's some, some translations say day by day. So I'm just saying this morning, folks, we, we, we really need to be attentive. We really need to be aware and set ourselves up to hear that voice. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Then it's like sandwiched right in there. It's like, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But forgive us as we forgive. One of the really, really, really big things that we end up, uh, as Christians even, struggling with is that forgiveness. But you don't understand what he did to me. You don't understand what she did to me. You don't even understand. Forgive? That's not that easy to do. I can say that I forgave him, but in my heart, have I truly forgiven him? I remember having a situation where I could, for a few years, thinking that I had forgiven somebody, but it was like supposed to be a partnership deal, and in that partnership deal, I ended up getting the raw deal. Anytime I would drive by that building, even though I had forgiven the individual, it would come back to me, come rushing back to me, you know, that was mine. He cheated me. He So... I had not yet completely forgiven him, turned it over to God and turned him over to God and to be able to pray for him. Instead, there was a a root of resentment that I had to take care of to truly be able to forgive him, to truly be in alignment with what God has for me. Are you all with me still? Well, there... um, We're going to... I I really believe that that there's going to be This morning is going to be a morning where people will end up being set free. I believe that that God was showing me and telling me this morning that there are people that are going to end up being set free from addictions. People are going to be set free from depression, from oppression, and the people are going to be physically healed. We just came from there. We've seen it. We've been a part of it. We've done it. Done it. I mean, we can be the hands and feet that Jesus uses for that healing. And I believe he wants that. This, I know he wants that this morning for several of us that, that, that it's here. And that being said, I want to share a couple of brief testimonies. If you guys would come up here that got baptized. We really didn't have a chance to talk a lot about this, but what I will <clears throat> would like to hear from you, Jesus, is <laughs> no, Renee, is what has happened, what has happened in your life and the things that you've been set free from, because I know God has that for a lot more people today. And you're going to have to keep that. Goes right up to your mouth. And if you don't want to look at them, you can look at me. If you want to look at them, go for it. To your mouth. Yeah, let's give them a big hand. They were both terrified to be up here. Now that's, that's, that's the love of Valley Church right there. That's the love of Valley Church right there. Well, I was struggling with addictions like with drugs and alcohol and God has set me free from all that. Like I tried, I tried doing, doing it on my own, but I couldn't no matter how hard I tried. but it was affecting my family at home as well. So I came to church and one day Pastor Lynn prayed for me. And after that, it was all gone. I want to share something here 
really quick while well, you guys just stand here extremely uncomfortable, I know, but, you know, it, it, it really is not important that Pastor Lynn prayed for me. It's like, signs and wonders follow those who believe. Those who believe don't follow signs and wonders, so it doesn't matter. I know that I wasn't the only one that, that, that prayed for him, but I'm definitely the one that stuck out in his, in his, in his mind. It's like, man, it's not about my glory. It's not about Renee's glory. It's not about Matthew's, Christie's. Nobody's glory. The glory all goes to God. So, but, yeah, share some more. <laughs> right up to your mouth. Well, I would be out all night, all the time, and be out partying with friends and bad, like, associations like people and gangs and drug dealers and all that. And uh, I would basically leave my family at home and my, my kids and uh, I'd be out all night until the morning and I'd come home and my wife would be so, so mad at me. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But God, in his grace, in his mercy, and in his power, set me free. Amen. I'm nervous. <laughs> thought you were Erica. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> like, that's my middle name. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it is. But um, I guess what I really wanted to do when I got baptized was just to let it all go. We attended Wednesday's class, and they talked about letting the enemy in without knowing or being aware of what you were doing to allow that. And one thing was bitterness. And I hold a lot of bitterness. I hold a lot that... I say I forgive, but I, I truly don't. I hold it as like a grudge and I bring it with me as in, why is this person doing this to me and not thinking as of, well, maybe this was a lesson. Maybe this is something I'm overcoming. Maybe this was put in my path because that was my destiny to have that there. And I dealt with a lot. Like I felt like I lost my dad at one point and I just held so much anger. And I think I try to find love from a, a relationship to replace that when he was dealing with his own and thankfully Jesus saved him. I feel it truly because he isolated himself from his family, from friends. He isolated himself from areas and places on his own and even though we couldn't understand, I truly feel like I understood what he was doing because when he came back, he's been sober for like three years. He's been, yeah. And it was like, Renee's cousin sent me a video one time and it was talking about a relationship and how you're not supposed to force it. It's supposed to just come to you and you're supposed to figure it out as it's there that that's God's will. It's, he's brought you to this person. And I question whether I was doing right or if I was forcing it because we dealt with so much together. We've dealt with so much. I mean, I pleaded for him to take me to prom and he refused twice. <laughs> 
And then it was like, I got pregnant and I was with someone that I truly, I didn't know, but my son was a blessing because he saved me. He was meant for me because maybe there was more to it. I was failing in school and I just didn't care anymore. And so when I had him, I, I struggled with, should I keep him, should I not? And God brought me to where I thought was an abortion center. Um, I didn't want to tell my family. I was ashamed, I was 18 and I was just gonna graduate. And I came across Christians, <laughs> you know? <laughs> figure. And they printed out. But God. And, yes, and they printed out a paper and it told me, you know, I knew who you were before you were conceived. I knew who you were before in your, in your mother's womb. And I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of him because I knew there was something there. And I was just fearful of what my family would tell me and what they would think. And if I would ever find love again, or if this person was a person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And then I just was like, no, I felt it. I felt love and pure. And I didn't even know what was forming in me yet. And he's there, he's nine now. <laughs> and then I got blessed with two more. But it was just hard to see, come across him with Renee. It was like, I was looking, I felt fear of abandonment, but God's blessed me with so much things. My mom is my biggest support. My brothers are always there. I have amazing sisters, not by blood, but by family. They were blessed to me. And it's like, my family grew and then I just started giving up and then somehow in some way we ended back together and it was just he was like we will we're gonna go to church and I was first I was dreading it I'm like I'm just tired and I think I was just mentally tired I couldn't do it but then the two Sundays that I was here I felt my shoulders were lifting happiness everything around me was hugs and God bless you thank you for coming today and I'm just like why do I deserve any of this? Because <laughs> I don't, you know? And, but then I do, and I think the abandonment and what I was fearing is because I didn't have Jesus in my life. I didn't know what real love was until I felt that. And I thought I knew what it was, and I didn't have that. Christy, you want to run on up here? I guess you guys, you were baptized today, and you, and you came out. We had a, you had an incredible experience while you were up there. Uh, all three people that got baptized, we prayed for them first. They all, they were all on the floor. We had, okay, it's time. Get one of them. Get one of them up. Get one of them up. You know? So, yeah, it was, it was amazing. So, you guys are, are refreshed. You're reborn. You're, you're, you're ready, ready, ready for next step. That's like Christy to end up praying over you, particularly you. Uh, you feel like it's all cleared up now. You've forgiven him for all of the junk and the stupid things and the. the, the yeah, I think so. As God has forgiven him, so have you. So that you two have just been completely joined together in an incredible experience up there. You pray over her. Ryan. Yes. Just one thing with this. You can come by me. We're friends now. <laughs> why this is so important and why we share these testimonies is because Jesus is real and he is real in people's lives. 
And this is really his transformation happening now. And it's very important that we celebrate that, that we bring value to God transforming lives. And that's what he's doing. And it's our greatest joy to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. And there's vulnerability like this of, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And that's how we get transformation. Thank you, Jesus. You just want to stretch your hands towards Erica. Jesus, I just thank you for Erica. I thank you for your beautiful, loved daughter. I thank you that she is a beautiful, loved, and cherished daughter. And I just thank you for the mother's heart that you've placed in her and the mother's heart that's increasing right now. In Jesus' name increasing even more and even more. And as you were sharing, um, even as you opened up about abortion and how that looked like a path for you, what I felt like the Lord was doing is he's placed such authority on your life to rescue girls who have felt like they're stuck in that same position. And you're going to teach mamas how to really be moms. You're going to teach them how to walk in the mother's love like never before. And the Lord is just, I feel like he's increasing a, a passion and a compassion in your heart right now. So we just thank you for Erica. I thank you for every gifting, every anointing, every call on her life. And we just, we fan the flame on that right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to touch her. You would fill her. You would empower her. And I just thank you also the reality of being a loved bride. I thank you for that, of being a loved, cherished, and chosen bride who's safe, who's so safe. And so I, I, just, I just speak that love over you right now and that, that comfort that you are the prize. Every moment of your life that you would walk knowing that you are the prize, that you are the prize, that you've got a crown on your head, you're a loved daughter, he's called you by name. The Lord delights in you. And so I just, I speak his blessings over every part of your heart and every area of your life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I just, um, as I even saw you standing up here, I felt like I saw the Lord even just um, lifting you out of the old soil and putting you in new soil. And just um, taking you away from just the things that were preventing you from being who you're called to be. And so I, I, just, I just pray over you right now that you, that you would just be filled with just the nutrients of God and what he has for you. And I just want you to know that you, you're capable of so many things and just that you're a new creation in Christ. So I just I speak over him right now, Lord, that you just fill him with your Holy Spirit, God, that you fill him with your fire, Lord, and that you even just begin to open his eyes to the influence he has, to the people around him, to the, the leader he is, the man he is in his family. And so, God, I just speak blessing over him right now in Jesus' name, and I just speak new creation and new life, that the old is gone, the new has come, and this is just the beginning of what is to come in Jesus' name. So I just bless you, and I love you so much.
Wow. Isn't that powerful? What God has done. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's plenty of singing for me. <laughs> and everybody says, Amen. <laughs> Thank you all so much for that. One of the biggest ways that we worship the Lord, that we let him know, is actually through praise and worship, where we sing songs to him and where we just shout praises to him. It's like, thank you, Jesus. And, and, and we begin in our staff meetings. We still have done this for 18 years, and it's something that we still do. When we come together, one of the things that I will always ask for is anybody got an amazing praise report, what God's done in your life over the last week or over the last month. And there's undoubtedly typically someone that will share, two or three people that will share, and then sometimes that takes up half of our staff meeting, just all of the things that we're grateful for, what we want to give him praise for. Sometimes we're praying for somebody when someone's come with a... Uh, you know, with, a, with a problem, with an issue, it's family, it's family, it's family. But looking for things that we're grateful for, just like I was saying with, with my wife, uh, it's like, thank you, Jesus, that I am vertical and ambulatory, that I can be on my feet, that I can be walking. Thank you that I have air to breathe and lungs that work. Thank you that I have a functioning heart. Thank you for all of these things. And, and we need... You know, sometimes it's go through that inventory. We'll wake up in the morning. We don't, it's not like we're necessarily running to the prayer closet or something, but we'll be in bed together and just going through a list of even our family. You know, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. I just, thank you for Drew and Katie, and thank you for that new baby that they've given them, and the healthy baby, and TJ and Micah, and, the ba and we just, we're just going through. And when God highlights somebody to either one of us, we'll be praying for them before we ever get out of bed in the, in the morning. So we begin, oftentimes, we're beginning our day before we ever put our feet on the floor, just thanking God for the amazing, the incredible people that he's put in our lives and for the amazing things that he has done and that he is doing. And that's like leading a life of worship through and from an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus, for all your, the, what you've done, for what you're doing. And I believe that a big part also is like generosity. When, when God shows you somebody that is a delightful person to be around, you know, that's, that's a great thing to reward that. Just like he rewards us in our gratitude. Are you somebody that is always just asking him, it's like, God, I need. God, I need. Sometimes these are the people that's like, oh, there he is. It's like, man, all he's going to do is just drag me down right now. No, there are people with needs that we absolutely are called to have compassion for and to have mercy on and to lay hands and to pray for and dig into our wallet and help. But there are people that are just a drag on us that constantly have their hand out that I want, I want, I want, I want. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. You hear me? What we want to be 
is those people that God desires to be in our presence and have us in his presence because we are a joy for him to be around. Does this make sense? That's something that, that, that sometimes we end up needing to do a little bit of striving for, a little bit of self-awareness like, God, how do you see me? Oh, he delights in you, obviously, but are you somebody that's enjoyable to be around? Is this making sense to anybody? If you want to be under the spout where the glory comes out, you need to be somebody that he enjoys being in your presence and having you in his. Jesus says, those that love me, I will, in 14, 20, 21, manifest myself to them. I'll be there. I'll hang out with them. We will have a joyful, wonderful, glorious time together. Is he our help in a time of need? Yes, yes. But he wants to celebrate with us. So when you have a need, it's like he inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. Go for a couple of scriptures there. I'm, I'm just going to... Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Let him become your delight. That you're delighting yourself in him. That you're... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love being in your presence, and I love having you in my presence. And I love it that you love me being in your presence, Jesus, because here I am, here we are. We can dance and sing and shout together. Are you with me? Mm. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. So, the bread of life, bread, bread, bread is the word. Bread is the word. We don't live just by bread. We live by the word. And when he directs our path, as we're delighting ourselves in him, as we're worshiping him, as we're calling on his name, as we're thanking him for a myriad of things in our lives that he has done and that he's protected us from, then we are acknowledging him in all of our ways. I acknowledge you in my finance. Thank you, Lord, for this. Acknowledging him in every aspect of our life with an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. And Psalms 22.3 says, He inhabits the praises of his people. Man, he lives in us. He wants to party and celebrate with us. And, uh, I mean, we have put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When heaviness starts to settle in your life, depression and, and, and a heaviness, man, wrap up in that garment of praise. Do a, little, do a little dance. Sing a little song. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look for the reasons and the things that we're thankful for. One of the, Christy Lynn was just an amazing and an incredible example. A kid, when she, she lived upstairs for a while, when she was like 12 or 13, would hear her squealing and dancing and bouncing around upstairs, just, just her Jesus. 
pull up sometimes and she would be sitting in her car and she's just, you know, bouncing around in her car or sometimes weeping and are you okay? Oh, worship music going on. It's just her and Jesus. It's like, wow. That's what he wants from each one of us. Where we're coming to him, where we're listening for his voice, where we're exalting his name, where we're worshiping him in everything we do. Acknowledge him in all that we do, and he will direct our path. Okay, I want to... Wow. I wanted to take the second half of this message for, for healing. So, uh, for healing and to be set free. Let me just ask you right now. People out here today, this very morning, that are struggling with any kind of addiction, oppression, or depression. Would you just raise your hands really quick? It's like, we're not talking about, this is nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to get set free from this morning. And I believe this morning is your day to step into freedom. So, I, okay. So, in a little while, in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask those that are struggling with any kind of depression, any kind of heaviness, to step to the right side. Anybody that is looking for physical healing. Is there anybody this morning that needs healing, that's got pain that needs to be dealt with, that's got sickness that, that, that they're struggling with? One, two, three, four, five. There's, there are several. I'm going to be asking you to come to this side. So we're going to be praying for physical healing on this side. We're going to be praying to be set free from any kind of addiction or depression on this side. But I want to turn now, uh, Karen, we're going to go to John chapter 9. See, there was this blind man that Jesus had, had passed by, and the man had been blind from birth. We've all heard this story. We've read the story. We've heard it preached. And as the disciples went by him, they said, Rabbi, speaking to Jesus, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. It's, it's amazing to see the works of God revealed in this young couple that was just up here, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And Jesus said, I must work the works of him, of God, who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he'd said these things, he spat on the ground, made some clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind men with the clay. And then he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So which is translated since. So he went, washed, came back, seeing. Everybody said seeing. seeing. Healed. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is that not the man who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he's like him. But, and the man said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus. A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went. Oh, here's what's really, really important right here. A man named Jesus said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And what was his response? So I went. 
I believe that there's healing, that there's deliverance. There's some, we can be set free from addiction, from whatever kind of torment that might be in your life this morning, but you have to go. You have to come. So I went and washed and received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him, you know, the rest of it is really is not that important. We're running out of time. So the, the important thing is, this morning, there is no doubt in my mind that Jesus is ready to heal. Yeah. I've felt it all week. I believe it. And I think he's ready to set free, just like we've heard from these guys. They have been set free. So I would ask, uh, as we, are you guys going to be able to, are we going to be able to do a little worship, Chrissy? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. We're going to have a worship team up here. And we're going to break every chain this morning. We're going to break every chain this morning. Anything that has tied you down, that's tripped you up, it's going to be broken this morning. So as we worship him, as we give him thanks, as we shout to him how grateful we are and share our gratitude with him, he's going to heal. He's going to be healing this morning. He's going to be setting people free. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask.